to Sleep Nation Station podcast right here, right now. We've got the slow drag with their album Dope Tunage Volume 1. Nashville-based artist The Slow Drag creates music that is fun, buoyant, and worth cranking all the way up. Wrapped up in a vibe that is carefree, upbeat, and relatable, his lyrics envelop the listener in the nostalgia of familiar moments with easily digestible lyrics, hooky melodies, and eclectic arrangements. Outside of the studio, The Slow Drag shares laughter and experiences with his audience via his live broadcast and podcast. I want people to be laughing and interacting with me and the people around them while also being conscious of the experience we're all sharing. The Slow Drag, welcome to the show. Hey man, thank you very much. Glad you can join us this evening. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to be here. That was cool. That was a cool uh, read off. I haven't heard that that spiel in a long time. It's nice to hear it back. It puts you in the right space. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Let's rock this um, thing. Most of the time when people, I, I've actually literally taken to uh, this habit where, you know, I'll be around town in Nashville and there's all these like networky things and stuff like that. And uh, I used to do a lot of those. Uh, and, you know, they always start off with like, what do you do? And blah, 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 blah. And it's people like, you know, seeing if they can get a leg up or seeing what you got that they want or whatever. So um, I've just as a way to entertain myself when people ask me what I do and I'm out, I, I tell them either I don't know or I'm figuring it out. That's a and great that, answer. Actually, it, it, it does work great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next time somebody asks you what you did, just be like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to make it, you know, just just rolling with the punches. <laughs> Whatever that means. So I've asked this with everyone that I've interviewed so far. What is the first music memory that you have that you can remember back? Probably composing an instrumental piece on the piano when I was just a kid. Maybe, I don't know, somewhere between like five and seven years old or something like that. Um, some kind of like cow pokey western sounding ditty on the piano is the is the first thing i remember do you remember like a song like the first song that you remember gosh gosh that's a tough one maybe like some motown some supremes like doing doing like house cleaning chores as a kid that kind of awesome awesome yeah uh uh-huh yeah i i had a similar i think my own answer to that would be Marvin Gaye's I heard it through the grapevine mm. my, yeah my grandparents they they jammed out to the oldies 96.3 I don't know if you're a Nashville native Mm-mm, no I'm a fifth generation Californian oh, oh awesome awesome my wife's family's from California so that's mm, very cool. cool yeah mm-hmm. so how long have you lived in Nashville uh, about six years wow did you move here primarily for music or was it other yeah, you know, part of it was uh, I'd been in LA for about 10 years. Uh, I moved there as soon as I could um, and was pursuing music out there. And after about a decade, uh, one of my buddies, Bo James, um, he uh, he was like, hey, I'm taking my band, the Heavy Heavy Hearts, out to Nashville. Uh, I think you might like it, man. You want to come check it out. And at the time, I was uh, just a hired gun keyboard player uh, for this uh, female artist. 
and she had a bunch of showcases set up in Nashville. So me and her and the band came out uh, to play those shows. I got to meet a bunch of people and just kind of hang out in Nashville for uh, just under a week, see the sights, get to know the city just a little bit, which was which was really, really great in helping me decide that, that Nashville was a cool place to check out. So, I mean, I, I knew that I wanted to continue to pursue music out here, but I also just kind of wanted to get out of L.A. I got you. I've, I've, only, I've only spent less than like an hour in L.A. to fly to Hawaii, so that, mm, that's mm-hmm. the longest time I've spent there. I, I, and it's a great way to spend your time in L.A., man, getting, <laughs> getting, getting over to Hawaii. I like it. Yeah, just a little layover time there. So. Mm-hmm. So awesome. So the Dope Tunage Volume 1, that's your upcoming album. What are the songs that you're most excited about on that? I'd say my my current top three, like, you know, this obviously changes over time. Um, but currently, my top three are uh, all because the very first track, um, Assassin, uh, which is the only track on the record that I collaborated with someone else on, I did all the all the uh, recording and instruments and production and mixing myself, awesome. except for this one song because I don't play the saxophone and I needed a saxophone player. So I called up uh, a buddy, Pete Eddins, in uh, Arts Fishing Club, and he's amazing. He, we, we had a lot of fun putting down some tracks for that. And then also uh, the third track on the record, God Reads for My Team, just because I love I love songs like that in my catalog. And when I say, quote unquote, songs like that, what I mean is a song that's based off of an idea and philosophy rather than, uh, emotions or uh, a real life story experience. I mean, those, those kinds of songs, they, they come in spades, you know, it's like you can write a bunch of love songs and a bunch of great up, uh, breakup songs, excuse me. Um, but when, you know, there's an, uh, there's an idea out there that you want to write about, you know, and these songs would be like, maybe like political songs or something like that those are a little harder for me to write. So when they come, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of special to me. Yeah. They're, they're definitely the gold nuggets whenever you get those songs like that. I agree. Mm-hmm. No songs are, uh, I'm still pretty fresh off the, uh, recording and mixing process. So I would be happy to not really listen to any of these songs for another month or two. I don't, and then I'll me. really enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. I've heard them all about a grillion times at this point. I'm sure. I, yeah. I'd say that being the, only person involved in the project say you know like one person like you said your saxophone player that Mm -hmm. would that would become a nuisance almost and and kind of take you away from kind of enjoying your songs whenever you're like us we go in the studio and somebody else does the mixing and mastering and all that Mm -hmm. stuff so we're not having to tirelessly work over each one of our songs except for just the songwriting part so I could see how that would definitely, you'd be like, yeah, I'm most definitely done with this song. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting to that point uh, can be really, really challenging. But one of the reasons that I did it this way, uh, in part, like, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to make something that 16-year-old me would really, really love. And so in terms of production, that's not anything too crazy. That's a lot of garage band and second generation punk rock stuff you know, a lot of real instruments. So, you know, arranging and producing the record itself came pretty naturally. And the mixing is something that I wanted to be able to do because as a songwriter, 
I'm going to have a lot of songs that won't necessarily be released on a record or maybe released under my band name or this particular music project, but I still want to be able to uh, produce them and get them up to, you know, get them as as close to what I hear in my head as possible um, and have as few songs that are just, you know, phone demos on my phone uh, stay as phone demos. I want them, all of the songs to be as fully realized as possible. And so when you learn how to mix and uh, produce your own stuff, you know, you just, you, that, that becomes easier and easier to do. And it also gets faster and faster. So I don't have to listen to these songs as much as I'm recording them. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. So where did you come up with the name, the slow drag? The slow drag came to me, I was thinking of band names because uh, I knew I wanted to start a project, um, which was a solo project, but I didn't want to use my name. My name, uh, Austin James, I live in Nashville and there's a bunch of, you know, solo, uh, mostly country singers out here. Uh, and it seems like half of them have their middle name, James. Um, so I didn't just want to be like another like dude with his middle name, James, uh, you know, out singing on an acoustic guitar in Nashville, even though I do a lot of acoustic guitar singing, uh, just as a solo dude, I thought that having a band name, not unlike Chris Caraba and dashboard confessional was much more interesting, a little more intriguing, cooler. And also like I had, I had sort of started and then quickly abandoned a pop project in, Los Angeles a couple of years before I moved out to Nashville. And I named that Ostatron, which was just like some nickname that some buddy of mine had given me that I thought sounded really cool when you're saying it. But when you write it out and you try and spell it for people and send it people's ways, ugh, it was a nightmare getting that name to be spelled right and for people to understand what I was saying. So I had this set of criteria in place before I even started thinking of band names I was like, I need to have uh, a Facebook page, an Instagram, a Twitter. Uh, I need to have a, a website, a dot .com. Um, and I need it to be something that's easy to spell, that isn't some weird spelling, and also that I could yell out in a loud club while another band was playing and have people understand what I was saying. Um so it's like it wasn't some weird like, you know, uh, I don't know, like a slow drag with with two V's or something like that, you know, instead of two V's instead of a W. I mean, I totally there are bands out there that. that do that. They could do whatever they want to do. That's not right. what I want to do. <laughs> I want no, people I, to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> we we used to have before we we called ourselves Sleep Nation. We were called Above. And when mm-hmm. you search mm-hmm. Above on Google, you get five thousand entries of bands there's like above and beyond the above Mm -hmm. it's just crazy so i totally understand coming up with something that's easy and and digestible but also with your name very cool at the same time it's like there's not really a way to mess that name up whatsoever and also you can find it in the search and there's not like a whole bunch of other google searches going on that are taking you away from the band name, the slow Mm -hmm. drag. Yeah. Although I will say that, that getting, getting mostly my band stuff on the first page of Google took some time. Cause for me, when I thought of the slow drag, what I thought of with that combination of words was, okay, I have been 
making original music for 20 years. And about half of that, uh, I've managed to make music a career. Um, and it hasn't been a consecutive 10 years, you know, it's been a little on and off. I'm in a, I'm in a great place right now and hope to continue moving forward, but it's been a bit of a slog along the way. And so the slow drag to me, it just, it, it was a representation of my music career thus far. Like we're getting there, but it's not, it's not easy and it's not quick. Um, but it turns out that the the slow drag is also or was also a popular dance i think in like the 40s or something like that and it's just like a two-step but when i googled you know of course every time i thought of a band name if i had a moment uh, i would google it or i just write it down to check it all out later but yeah the whole first page of google was all like how to do the slow drag and slow drag wikipedia stuff uh, for this dance and so now it's you know it's there's still a couple of those on there i'm gonna knock them off <laughs> in the next year or two and just get all me on Google. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was the only, uh, that was the only thing that kind of quote unquote got in the way. And there was this one guy who made a blog called the slow drag, like oh, no. six years ago. And he fucking put in like three blog entries and then abandoned the project. And he's still <laughs> on Google. <laughs> Well, he's got the he's got facebook.com slash the slow drag. I had to settle for the slow drag band uh, oh, on Facebook. Yeah. So whatever, you know, that's fun. You've got to you gotta settle what what you got, but that's hey, I, I gotta give props. That that's an awesome name. And also, how'd you come up with the dope tunage volume one? Uh dope tunage let me back up a little bit. Okay. What I started doing with this project when I launched it was focus on online things. I wasn't in a place where I could go and play uh, a lot of shows in the region, and I wasn't particularly interested in playing any sort of uh, Nashville game, uh, which is, you know, fairly political, and it's fine. You know, there are a lot of people who, who like, want to be involved in the scene in town. It's not that important to me. What's more important to me is creating relationships with fans and supporters. And so I found a great way to do this via online music broadcasting, which is something that I've been doing very regularly for the last three years or so. And what that's, it's playing an online concert and doing it with frequency, uh, allows you to foster a community of people who really like your vibe and your music and the people who are attracted to your music. And so dope tunage was, um, it was a phrase coined by someone in my broadcast audience. You know, awesome. they were kind of, they were kind of like teasing a little bit about my, my Californianism. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the tagline sweet vibes and dope tunage is, um, is community generated. That didn't come from my brain. It came from what me and my listeners created together. And it, it resonated with me. I really liked the sound of it. And then later on down the line, after the songs were done, I still didn't have a name for the record and someone else in the musical community, uh, that, that comes to the shows and celebrates the music with me, they were like, you should call it dope tunage volume one. I'm like done easy peasy. That makes perfect sense. That's great. That's awesome that you let your fans kind of get in on that, your community, get on the creative process. That's awesome. Yeah, it is a really fun thing when you can when you can make something like that happen, when it makes sense to do, or 
in this particular instance, you know, with the tagline that's on one of my T-shirts and the name of my record, something organic that just pops up and feels right. That's great. Well, thank you so much to Austin James from the Slow Drag with upcoming album Dope Tunage Volume 1. This is the hand-picked single straight from the album Assassin. This is Dope Tunage right here. Dude, this was great. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, if you want to shout out any of your, uh, like your website, Facebook. Oh, yeah. You know what? Just Google the slow drag, the slow drag. Click on whatever first page link you like. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's 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 good. Whatever, whatever draws you in on the first page of Google. Click it. Awesome. That's great enough. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Brent. Take care, man. You too. Bye.